Good morning, y'all. Let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you so much for your love for us. I thank you for the truth of the songs that we sang. Thank you for the truth of your word that we're going to look at here now. God, I thank you that you choose to interrupt our lives because sometimes that's the only way that we'll hear you. Uh, so, Father, I pray that, uh, that your spirit would just continue to move through this place now. God, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you're new with us, I do again just want to say welcome. I'm Jay. I'm the lead pastor, and we're glad to have you here. And we have been talking about uh, interruptions and divine interruptions over the last uh, couple of weeks, and my TV's not on, and I forgot to turn it on. What an interruption that is. So stuff happens when, uh, when life happens, right? And so is it on? No? Come on. Yes? Okay, good. Well, that was a nice interruption to the beginning, wasn't it? But honestly, that's the kind of stuff we've been talking about. We've been talking about how God interrupts our life, about how, um, about how he is sovereign and he is in control of, of all things and that how often we forget that and the lessons that we can learn from Jesus and the way that he handled interruptions, the way that he would have handled his TV not being on. The way, <laughs> right? How... How did Jesus go through life with all the interruptions? Last week, we looked at a story of interruption after interruption after interruption, and I think we can relate to that often, but we don't always handle it the right way, and we don't always look to him, even in the way that we just sang, as much as we probably should. But divine uh, interruptions means that there are no surprises to God. It means that the things that interrupt our lives, the things that, that rock the boat, if you will, um, the accidents that happen are for his glory and that we can find his grace in those moments because things like that happen all the time. It happens all the time. We get interrupted from times that uh, we never thought maybe that we would be in ways that we never thought we would. Uh, anybody here a light sleeper? You know, light sleepers? Who's, who's a heavy sleeper? Yeah, a lot. Um, a lot of, okay, probably split the crowd there. Um, so I was a pretty heavy sleeper um, growing up. Uh, you know, the, the joke was you could drive a train through Jay's room and he wouldn't hear it, you know, sort of thing. I'm sure you've heard something along those lines if you're a heavy sleeper. Uh, I was a light sleep, uh, I was a heavy sleeper until I became a parent. Amen, yes. right? So my wife now, um, I will say this, she, I, I would consider her um, a selective heavy sleeper um, because when she's out, she's out unless one of the kids rolls in their bed a certain way and then she hears it and is up. And mind you, our bedroom's in the basement. So I'm like, how, how are you hearing this, right? There's this like extra sense, like the force or something. But she's hearing things and sensing things because she's a mom. Um, and so I would call her a selective heavy sleeper uh, at this point. And I, I know, I remember the day that I became a much lighter sleeper because um, of an event that happened in our room that still terrifies me to this day. Uh, our bedroom was upstairs at the time. Gavin was about three, something like that. Uh, he's going to be 18 in July. So if that gives you any time, time frame there. And there's a big storm going on outside. Lightning, thunder, all that. Um, and there was a window right by my side of the bed. <sighs> Have you ever had that feeling like someone's staring at you 
And you're like laying there and you're like, I know somebody's staring at me, right? I'm laying there, it's like two in the morning and for some strange reason, I just wake up because I just feel like someone's staring at me. And that's a, a creepy feeling. And so the storm's going on and the lightning hits and the lightning hits and this far from my face is Gavin. And he's got his blanket in his mouth, but he's like this. Right? And I'm like, yeah. You know, and instantly you're like, oh, hey, buddy, how are you? Because I'm not good right now. You know, we might need to change the sheets or something. But like, I don't. Yeah, it scared the snot out of me. And I will never forget that uh, to this day because it was like something out of a horror film. Um, but I've been a light sleeper ever since. So thanks, Gav. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 4, and you're like, whoa, that's a weird transition. Where's he going from that? You're going to see. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 4, because if you're in the light sleeper club, this is a story that is going to probably resonate with you a little bit. Um, this is one of my favorite stories about Jesus, to be quite honest, because it's going to make you wonder how Jesus slept through all of the chaos that's going on around him. Because as we know, Jesus was fully God and fully man when he walked the earth. And so understanding that, this passage actually shows us a lot of the depth of his humanity, the extent of his divine power. Um, and, and in some ways, might give you a little chuckle at the beginning, but the way he brings it back around I think it's something that's going to resonate with all of us. So we're going to be in Mark chapter 4. And let me set this up a little bit because we're starting in verse 35. Prior to this, Jesus is teaching all day. So he's been teaching. He's been telling parable after parable, story after story. It's a long day. He's more than likely exhausted as we see. And so we pick this up here in verse 35. Um, and it says this, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and they started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. And, and Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? So Jesus and his disciples, they set out for the opposite shore Jesus says we're gonna, we're gonna cross the lake and go to the opposite shore. And, and you gotta imagine this is a huge body of water, right? For a storm to be coming through like this and, and all of this. And so the storm kicks up. The waves are, are, are huge. They're, the, the boat's getting damaged. There's water coming into the boat. All of this stuff. And here's where we have to assume that Jesus is a heavy sleeper because during all of this chaos, he's snoozing in the back. And all of the disciples are freaking out as would you and I more than likely. But I, but I want to kind of like bring this back here for just a quick second and, and think about where he's at in his life, Jesus, and the things that are going on in, in his life in that moment. Because think of all the things that he could be and probably should be worried about that would have kept him awake aside from the boat and the storm. Right? He could be worrying about all the religious and political leaders that were trying to, to kill him, that were plotting against him. He could have been worried about his family that thought he was crazy. He could have been worrying about all of the overwhelming crowds with all of their overwhelming needs because that never died down. 
There was always a crowd that needed him. There were always people that needed him. He could have worried about the disciples. Did I pick the right team? Are these the right guys? Are they really all in? He could have been worried about the future. Because let's face it, if he's 100% God and 100% man, he knew what his destiny was. He knew what was coming down the road. With all these things to worry about, all of these additional things, he slept in a rocking boat of chaos. And what did his closest followers say to him? What did they say? They said, don't you care? Don't you care what's going on? I want you to notice that they didn't actually ask him to do anything in that moment. They didn't ask him to do anything. Instead, they were just upset at his apparent indifference at what was happening in the situation. So let's get real for a second. Have you ever said or thought a version of this to God? My family is falling apart, God. Don't you care? I, this happened, and I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. God, don't you care? I, I, I love this person, and they've got cancer, and they're saying that nobody can do anything about it. God, don't you care? This interruption in my life, this fill-in-the-blank for you, God, don't you care? If we're going to get like real for a second and be honest with ourselves, we've all said a version of that or thought it. Look how Jesus responds here. Verse 39, he says, it says this, When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the wave, Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine this for a second? The sea is going crazy. The, the disciples are freaking out. And Jesus wakes up and says three words, and it all goes, wow. I, like, what I can imagine in my brain is not as cool as probably what really happened. I mean, honestly, the disciples have to wake him up because they're scared. And so they interrupt Jesus' nap, and Jesus interrupts nature with three words, silence, be still. With three words, he calms the sea. He calms the weather. But Jesus didn't really quiet just the wind and the sea, did he? It wasn't just the wind and the sea that he quieted. He rebuked the situation. And he calmed the wind and the sea and the disciples fear with three words and the terminology here that he uses from the original language that's there it's actually the same thing that he uses when he rebukes and silence demons which tells me this this was a spiritual battle as much as it was a weather crisis it was just as much a spiritual battle in that moment and Jesus muzzled it all with his sovereign words and his authority. The storm that you are going through, whatever is happening to you that is interrupting your everything right now, might be, and probably is, a spiritual battle as much as it is anything else. And have you maybe looked at it from that perspective? Let's keep reading. Verse 40. It says, then he asked them, 
why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now you gotta remember this was early in Jesus' ministry. The disciples had only been walking with him a short time. But even so, they're amazed and challenged here when Jesus asks them why they gave into fear instead of trusting him. The problem wasn't the fear of the storm. I want you to see this here. It wasn't the fear of the storm because that was kind of a natural thing, to be honest. They're humans. There's a big storm happening. Like, yeah, they're going to be terrified of the storm. It was what they did with that fear that Jesus was calling out here. Because again, as we even talked about last week, Jesus responds to us according to our faith. And so where was their faith in that moment? And he responds to us according to our faith. Each one of us, he does. See, God's interruptions can help to keep us humble. The interruptions that God puts in our life can help to keep us humble. And they remind us that we're not as in control as we like to think we are. And we need reminded of that more often, I think, than we even give ourselves credit for. This is probably something that should be a daily reminder and a daily interruption for us. And this tests their character, just like whatever storm you're going through is going to test your character. How do we respond to the sudden crisis or the minor inconvenience? How do we treat others who interrupt our, our flow? So many things are out of our control. So many things are out of our control. And if we believe in the sovereignty of God, if we believe that he is all-powerful, why do we let these interruptions get the best of us? Why do we let them get the best of us? Here's why. Here's why. Because dealing well with interruptions, dealing well with interruptions in our life is a skill that takes some practice. It's a skill that takes some practice that then becomes who you are, not so much what you do. See, we can understand, I can have the intellectual knowledge that God is sovereign and believe that he works in my life and believe that he works in the interruptions, but we have to practice uh, accepting those interruptions as his work in our life. If we don't actually acknowledge those things, we can't just say that on Sundays when we're here. Yeah, it, it preaches well, but what about it Thursday at three o'clock? How, how are we dealing with it then? Because if the only time that we've had with God, if the only time that we've had even to remotely think about that is right here, right now, this one hour a week, you're not gonna react well on Thursday at three o'clock when blank interruption happens in your life and a storm kicks up. You're gonna freak out and you're not gonna leave it to the Lord and remember that he's right there with you. And so when we shift our focus, when we, when we connect with him more often than not, we're going to approach the storms of life and the interruptions with a godly perspective because it's who we are. It's not what we do. Prayer, Bible study, community with other believers on a regular basis, these are the, like the fundamentals of the faith, the spiritual practices that we should be engaged in. If we're only engaged in those things for one hour of the 168 of the week, then are we really going to be able to rely on those when the interruptions hit us and the storms of life are crashing in? We're not. We're not. Things like being in a life group 
can, can help us. Things like having a daily habit of prayer and, and reading God's word can help us because we're not meant to do life on our own. We need to remember to keep Jesus as the source of our faith so that we can overcome the situations that we're in that seem insurmountable in the moment. And yeah, you may not react right all the time. In fact, in that moment, you may have to reel yourself back in for a second and, and reset and refocus because we're human. That's what we do. Sometimes we handle it good and sometimes we don't. But are we learning from it? Are we moving forward with them? And let me say this. We have the tendency, I think, sometimes to think that we're the only one going through whatever it is that we're going through. Too often, when we hit the storms of life and the stuff starts raging and the temptations are there and, the, and, and, and stuff starts to break down and the problems and the storms, we, we have a tendency to pull back and to pull away instead of leaning in to those things. Instead of drawing closer to Jesus, drawing closer to each other, we instead retreat. Can I point something out to you that was in the verses that we read that maybe you noticed and maybe you didn't? It said right at the beginning of there that there were other little ships, other little boats that were on the sea with them at that time. And you know what? Jesus calmed the storm for them too. This wasn't the only boat dealing with this storm. There were other boats in the lake that were dealing with that storm. And Jesus calmed the storm for them too. Here's the reminder. You're not alone. You are not alone. Please hear that. If you're sitting here thinking nobody gets it, nobody understands it, maybe not quite down to the, to the very nitty-gritty thing, but I guarantee you, you look around this room. There's, there's a community of people here that love you. There's a community of people here and I guarantee you there's at least one person in the room that in some way, shape, or form gets what you're going through or has gone through something like it. That's what the church is all about. It's what the church is all about. You're not alone. And there are others who are looking to Jesus and thinking and feeling the same way that you are. That's what the church is all about. That's why it's such a powerful vehicle in the middle of life's interruptions. And the reality is that like the disciples, we don't always understand what's going on. We don't always get it. We don't always stand firm. We're not always confident in what God is doing. Because it's, sometimes it's, it's really hard to see the light when you're in places of deep darkness. It can be hard to see the light in those moments. Over and over again, though, in the word of God, we are encouraged that Jesus cares for us. We're encouraged and told that he advocates for us, that he wants a relationship with us, but then, but then we worry about whether or not it's true. The storms of life hit, and we take a step back, and for being honest with ourselves, we worry about whether or not it's actually true. So let me encourage you with this truth, straight from the word of God that you read. If Jesus is in the boat, it cannot sink. If Jesus is in the boat, it cannot sink. At the very beginning of the story, he looked at the disciples and said, let's get in the boat and let's go to the other side. Was he worried that they weren't going to make it there? Not for a second. Did he know that a storm was coming? Uh, yeah, he's God. They were going to make it there because Jesus was in the boat. 
Jesus was in the boat with them. If he's in your life, you're going to go through some storms. You're going to take on some water. The boat's going to feel like it might go down, but you're not going to go down. If you're a follower of him, he's always in the boat. And it might get really, really, really rough at times. The storm might be raging to the point where you are maybe sinking halfway down into the water. But you know what? If Jesus is with you, if he's in the boat, the storm might rage. Junk is going to happen. And you're going to be in the place or think the word something along the lines, Jesus, I'm sinking here. Don't you care? And he's still going to be right there in the boat with you, not worried, potentially sleeping. Why? Not in apathy, not going, I don't care. He's not doing that. No, he's in security. He's, he's in a place of, of security because he is sovereign and above all and all powerful. He's not wondering if you're gonna make it to the other side. He's resting in his love because he knows, he knows that he is going to see you through it if you'll just trust him and if you'll listen and just let him be God. So the connection point for the day is that Jesus is never, never too busy to be interrupted by your concerns. He's never too busy to be interrupted by your concerns. While you may think he's just sleeping in the back, he's not just sleeping in the back as much as he's just secure in who he is and the fact that he's in the boat with you. Too often, we think that our little things that are going on in our life, God doesn't care about what's going on in my life in this, in this little thing. Listen, he can handle it. Whatever that storm is that's going on, he can handle it. He can shoulder the weight of it because you know what? You can't. You can't shoulder all of it and that's why we need Jesus. And it's okay to interrupt him with our insignificant concerns because to him, they're never insignificant. Does Jesus care? Does Jesus want to hear about me? The answer is yes. God cares about you. He's not intimidated by your messiness. He's not thinking that your conversation with him is unimportant. He's not, he's not, He's not going, man, I don't care about that right now. I've got this going on because you know why? He is all powerful and he is all everywhere. He is everywhere all at once and he wants to hear from you. And like a good father, like the good father that he is, he is there when your biggest heartache is dropping your ice cream cone as a toddler. And he is there when you are broken with grief after burying a loved one when you're an adult and everything in between. Nothing is too big. Nothing is too small for our Heavenly Father because He is such a good Father. Because He is in the boat with you and He is ready to respond and ready to maybe even challenge you. Will you bow your heads with me? I know for a fact that there are some of us in here that are feeling like we're just in the boat all by ourselves. Can I just remind you from the truth of God's word that you just read today with us that that is so not true? That if you put your faith in him and you're trusting in him, then you don't really need to worry about what's going on with the boat because Jesus is in the boat with you.
and you're going to make it to the other side. And the boat may not look great when you get there. But Jesus is with you and he's going to get you there and he's going to teach you some things and he's going to show you some things. And he's going to walk with you through it all. You may be going through a really tough storm right now. And if you're trying to do it all on your own, can I just encourage you to, to not? There is a church family here that loves you and wants to walk with you through that. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you're like, Jay, I don't, I don't really know if, if Jesus is in the boat with me. We'd love to talk with you. We'd love to pray with you. We've got people in yellow lanyards that would love to pray with you and talk with you and show you how you can know for absolute sure that you're going to be with Jesus in heaven one day. If you're watching online, you can go to connectchurch.xyz slash next and find out more. You can even hit up the comments and I know that people would love to, to share with you and talk with you and pray with you. But if you want to know more, and you need prayer, please come, come see one of us after the service or even get up right now. The altar's always open. Always open. If you just need to come up and pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. That as your kids, we can know for sure that you're in the boat with us in whatever the storm of life is that we're going through. That you are ultimately in control and that these things that are interrupting our life God, sometimes you, you choose to use things like that. You choose to use the storms to show us and to teach us and to bring us along because sometimes we won't learn any other way. And so, Lord, I pray that if there are some people here or watching online, and I know that there are, that are going through some storms of life and they're forgetting that you're in the boat with them, Lord, I pray that you'd remind them now. Pray that you'd also remind them that they've got a, a church family, a, a body of believers that's there also that wants to come alongside. Lord, if there's someone that doesn't know you as Savior, I pray today, Holy Spirit, would you just push into their life in such a very real way that they would be able to walk out of here knowing that their new life in Christ has begun today. Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for all that you've done, for all that you will do, and we thank you for the confidence that we can have in your sovereignty and your power and your authority in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.